morning, everybody. I'm Mike Minter. I'm here to tell you about life in the NFL. <laughs> Not really. No, I wish I was. I'm Mark Connolly, though. I'm a pastor of a sister church of yours, Superstition Springs Community Church in Gilbert. And uh, I happen to be a friend of Lynn and Lisa Winters. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife, Kay, and I, this is my wife. Hi, give, give my wife a hand. Hi, Kay. How you doing? <clears throat> We've... Um, We've actually, uh, you know, got to know Lynn and Lisa as friends. Went on a vacation with them to Mexico about a year ago, a beach vacation. And so we kind of get to see the other side of Pastor Lynn to you. And, you know, like when Lynn sort of lets his hair down a little bit. And I, I just thought maybe it would be good for, maybe to start off for you to see maybe that other side of Lynn a little bit. So I brought some of the photos from our Mexico beach vacation from a year ago. And uh, this first picture here, um, you know, Lynn's always making a fashion statement. And, um, Yeah. He said he doesn't really play the guitar, but just really the outfit needed it. And so, and that's Lisa's prom dress, so that was pretty cool. And then, but the thing that really totally freaked me out was Lynn's choice of bathing suit. And uh, it was really weird. I mean, he's totally kicking it old school. If, he, uh, if we just go to that next slide there, there's Lynn in his bathing suit. And I'm like, I know, right? And I'm telling Lynn, I'm like, Lynn, you can't go out on that. And he's all, no, I'm bringing sexy back to Mexico. And that's how that whole thing got started. And... Uh, so then, and then, uh, oh yeah, the thing that probably was most surprising to me was how seriously Lynn and Lisa took karaoke night at the local pub, and here's a picture of them at karaoke night, and really, really weird. So anyway, that, and that's the other side of Lynn and Lisa. Um, I'm sure they'd love to have you invite them over for karaoke sometime. And, and, um, but uh, seriously, I love Lynn, and he's a friend of mine, and, and really kind of a mentor to me in many ways, and, um, and so I'm really blessed to be here. I want to start off with a little bit of an exercise, if you will. I need everyone to help me out, okay? So you ready? Okay, my wife's ready. Is like anybody else ready? All right, good. All right, here's what I need you to do. Right where you're at, right where you're at, I need you to take your right foot, okay, your right leg, and I need you to turn it in a clockwise motion, okay? Everybody, come on now. Just do it for me, okay? Right, clockwise motion, right foot in a clockwise motion. Now I need you to take your right hand. Keep that foot moving, okay? I need you to take your right hand. I need you to try to make the number six in the air. Isn't that weird? Your foot went the other way, didn't it? That's, isn't that weird? It's so weird, right? Because here's the thing. God has designed our bodies in this way where, we're, where our parts are tremendously interconnected. interconnected. And, and uh, so what one part of the body does, it actually affects the rest of the body. And what we're going to see from Scripture here this morning is God designed his church the same way that he designed the body the human body, that we make up one global body, one global body of these interconnected parts. And each part, each person in this body of Christ is a part, and each one is uniquely gifted by God to play a particular part in this body of Christ. And together, when we play our part, then all the pieces together, working together, we make this interconnected, beautiful thing that so reflects Jesus to the world, it's called the body of Christ. And so because we're interconnected, though, because our parts are all interconnected in this body, then what you do or what you choose not to do, actually, it affects the rest of us. And so I want to pray that we're going to get into scriptures and learn more about this. So would you just pray with me? Father, um, thank you so much for bringing each person here this morning. Lord, I recognize that you are the grand architect of this beautiful thing that you're building called the body of Christ. And Father, I just sincerely pray, Lord, that by your spirit and by your word, you would work in this place this morning. 
and, and people who are maybe a little disconnected or a little bit on the fringe, Lord God, that you would just pull them in and have them understand the great importance that they play in this body. And Lord, help us by your spirit and by your word to leave here different people than we walked in. We pray in Jesus' name and all in agreement said. Amen. All right. Here's what I need you to do. I want you to get your Bible, okay? Open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're not sure where 1 Corinthians is, it's right before 2 Corinthians, and so hopefully that helps a little bit. All right, so New Testament, go over to your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, okay? Now, we're going to cover a fair amount of Scripture here today, so I need you to follow along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to go through 27 verses here. So let's start in verse 1, chapter Chapter 12, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love the way he words stuff. You're like, how, how great is that? I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the spirit, uh, the, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To one, speaking in different tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Okay, let's pause right there, okay? So we see in verse 1 that the subject of what Paul is talking about here is spiritual gifts, right? He, he says here in verse 1, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And so he's going to talk to them about what this thing, spiritual gifting is. And, and maybe you're sitting here and you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Because you've never heard about this thing called spiritual gifts, Maybe you have. 30% of Christians in America have never heard of this thing called spiritual gifts. And so let me just kind of make it real simple. If you've never heard of this, what this is is that when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus, you're included in this thing called the body of Christ. And when you're included in this thing called the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit gifts or, 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 or fits or equips every single person for life in this body so that you can help build up the body of Christ. And to one person, that person might get the gift of, of music, or another person might get the, the, the gift of wisdom, or another person might get the gift of mercy, or compassion, or teaching. And, and, and there's this wide diversity of gifts in the, in the body of Christ. And so if you don't see your gift listed in this list of gifts, don't, don't, don't worry about that, okay? Because um, this isn't supposed to be an exhaustive list. As a matter of fact, throughout Scripture, there are several lists of spiritual gifts, and none of them are the same. Because none of them are intended to be an exhaustive list. The, the, the point is that we have this diverse set of gifts within the body of Christ. The body of Christ is immensely diverse, but in that diversity, God weaves us and knits us all together as one body. And, and actually, he, he makes this comparison between the human body and how it's knit together and interconnected and how the church is knit together 
and interconnected. And so let's pick it back up in verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Paul says, it's kind of like this. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. And so it is with Christ. He's saying it's the same way in the church. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an, were, were, were an ear, if the whole body were an, uh, an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Okay, so... So in this passage, Paul is describing how God is designing this church, the church, the universal church, the the body of Christ. And he's saying it's, it's like this. It's like the human body where there's one body, but it's made up of all these interconnected parts. And so again, he he says in verse 12, he says this in chapter 12, verse 12. Chapter 12, verse 12, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, the body is a unit, Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. Okay, so, right, you guys are in this series called Threads, and it's all about how God threads each one of you together, right, and and for a specific purpose, and that's totally true, totally true, but in addition to that, we need to understand that God is threading together the entire body of Christ, every believer worldwide. So from the intel worker in Chandler to the farmer in Iowa to the Wall Street trader to the AIDS orphan in Africa, God is weaving the entire body together as one. And that, that's, that's, that's the reason why we need to fight against those things that separate us, right? Because God's trying to knit us together as one, and, and there's these things that, that our natural tendency is maybe to separate from one another. So we've got to fight against that, right? We've got, we've got to fight against this whole individualistic consumerism Christianity that's all about me getting my needs met in the church, and I don't care about the rest of the body as long as I get what I need. And we've got, to, we've got to fight against things like denominational elitism, right? Where we think that after 2,000 years, we're the, like the pocket of Christians that finally figured everything out, right? And, and then we spend all our energy defining and defending all of our differences that separate us. And, and we've got to fight against nationalistic Christianity that values the life of an American civilian over the life of an Iraqi civilian or a Mexican Im- immigrant. 
because there are no borders in the body of Christ, right? He's knitting us all together as one. And so you understand that if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then, then you're part of this global, interconnected body that God is weaving together into something that's beautiful, man. It's, it's, it so reflects Jesus to the world that it's called the body of Christ. You know, you know what's not so beautiful, though? Disconnected body parts. Really ugly, right? Like, 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 and like if, you're, if you're part of, you know, if you're, you're part of church and, and, and you choose to kind of like check out or, or you know, you kind of disconnect from the rest of the body or, or you choose to not use your spiritual giftedness, you in essence become a non-functioning body part. In essence, you become a disconnected body part. Disconnected body parts? Gross. Really, I mean like, like have you ever seen an animal grazing in the field? You look at that animal, you're like, man, that's a beautiful animal. But if you were to take the individual parts out, you'd be like, that's disgusting. Like, like, like for instance, I, got, I have here a, a tongue, okay? This is a, this is a cow's tongue right there. I know, right? It's gross, it's gross. But what's so weird about that, right? It's like, when it was in the cow, we'd be like, that's beautiful, man, that's part of this whole cow. But you take it out of the cow and it's, that's gross, right? <laughs> and that's the way it is in the body of Christ, right? Like, like, like when you're functioning, when you're using your God-given giftedness and you're, you're connecting with the other parts of the body to create this thing that's just so beautiful, but when you disconnect, when you choose to not use your God-given giftedness, you become a non-functioning body part and it's gross, man. <laughs> it's just gross, right? And so do you understand, since God has connected us in this way, he's designed this body to be so interconnected, then what you do or what you choose not to do with your giftedness, it affects the rest of the body. Not only does it affect you, but it affects the rest of the body. There's some cow walking around without a tongue right now, you know? And, 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 so, it, and so that's why the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 26, that when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And, and when one is honored, the all rejoice, right? Because, because there's this interconnectedness in the body of Christ and how you use your resources and how you use your giftedness has a ripple effect throughout the body. I've got, we've got this, uh, this family in our church. I just totally dig this family. They, they came to our church and they're, they're sitting in there and, and dad, he's like, totally disconnected, and he's just sitting there for, for a year or so, but the reason why they were there every week was because their kids were being so ministered to by this one children's ministry worker who's just loving on their kids, man, their kids just like, can we go to church, can we go to church, and so every week they'd go, and because their kid was being ministered to by this children's ministry worker, but for a year or two years go by, this, the dad, he's just sitting there completely well, disconnected, gross, right? And, 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 and he's sitting there one Sunday and he hears about this amazing ministry that we started called Vision Abolition where we're seeking to rescue and restore girls that have been trafficked into the sex slavery industry and it's just like this horrific slavery that's going on worldwide. And we said, man, we gotta be part of this thing. And so we've been, we started this ministry to reach into the sewer and grab out some of these girls and bring them and rescue and restore them. And, and the dad just was like, that's what I wanna be part of. And, and, and he connected to the rest of the body. 
And then he became a leader in that ministry that has now been used by God for the rescue and restoration of dozens and dozens of girls worldwide. And those girls are now being used by God to actually reach back into the sewer and help other girls that have been trafficked and rescue them. And there's been this global ripple effect that happened. And you know where that whole ripple started? One faithful children's church worker. You see, when you use your God-given gift, it has a ripple effect throughout the kingdom. And when you choose to not use your God-given gift, it has a negative ripple effect throughout the kingdom, right? Because, because maybe God has gifted you uniquely and resourced you uniquely to be generous to help starving brothers and sisters in Africa. And, and if you choose to not use that gift, well, then there are other people that suffer. They go hungry. I mean, you know, right, the, the answer to the question of if God is so good, why is there so much suffering going on in the world is not because God doesn't care. He's resourced and gifted his church to meet human suffering. The problem isn't a lack of God-given resource and giftedness. The problem is how we use it, right? Oh, you understand? Like, we, we live in a nation, right, where we have the easiest access to clean water of the entire planet, but yet we spend more money on bottled water than it would take to give the entire rest of the world clean water. Problem isn't lack of resource, right? You, and you understand, right, that in our lifetime, it's possible to end extreme poverty worldwide. We have the resources. The, 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 the gifting of God and the resource of God, that, that's not the problem. It's, we've got too many non-functioning body parts. We're not, operate, we're not being efficient. We're not using what God has given us. And so God says, listen, you're this collective body. So, so we have to understand that when, when, when we choose, because we're interconnected, when we choose to use our gifts and how we choose to use our resources and gifts, it has a ripple effect. It has an effect on the rest of the body of Christ. And you know what that means? It means that every single one of you, every single believer in Jesus Christ is a God-planned, important part of the body. Back to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. One more time. Chapter 12, verse 12. I'm sorry, not verse 12. Verse, uh, verse 27. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one, each one of you, is part of it. Each one. I, uh, I spent seven years in seminary, completely geeky years, and I spent seven years there, and, 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 uh, and I was a Greek major in seminary, and so you might find this kind of interesting, that, that that word each in that sentence, you know what that actually means in the Greek? It means each, right? I mean, I learned that in seminary, and so, so like, like, here's what it means, like, like every one of us, right? Like, like Lynn and Lisa and Brian and Kay and Mark and Jill and, like, and you and the nursery worker and the sound tech, each, every single one of us is part of this beautiful thing that God is building called this body of Christ, and, and every time he, he brings another person into that body, he uniquely gifts you and fits you for service in the body, and so he says in verse 11, chapter 12, verse 11, he says this, all these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and he gives to each one just as he determines. There's that word again, right? Each one. He gives to each one just as he determines. So, so God is this architect, and he's building this, 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 this body, and he's adding people, and he's adding each one of you he's bringing into this body, and as he adds you into this body, he's uniquely fitting you for service, uniquely gifting you just 
as he determined. And in fact, he's actually arranging the parts of the body, and he has you exactly where he wants you to be. So he says this in verse 18. Verse 18 says this, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Of the six billion people on the planet, think about this, God has a special role for you. He's brought you into the body of Christ intentionally. He's uniquely gifted you, and he's placed you exactly where he wants you to be for maximum effectiveness. God is arranging all of this. And for some of you, man, this is going to be a huge paradigm shift because, you know, maybe, maybe you just feel like you get lost in a sea of faces here in, 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 in Cornerstone, and man, things are going so great, but do they really need me? I'm not even sure I have a role in the body, and if I did, it probably isn't that important because everything goes so great here, and, you know, maybe you absolutely love the ministry here. You absolutely love the worship and the teaching and the children's ministries, but you kind of feel maybe like, well, more like a spectator than a critical player on the team. And if that's where your head is at, would you let your mind be renewed by the Scriptures today? Because here's what the Scripture is saying. The Scripture is saying that every one of you has been brought into this body by God himself, who is the grand architect of this thing. And he has uniquely gifted each and every one of you to play a part in this body. And he's arranged the parts of the body so you're exactly where you need to be here at Cornerstone to make a difference for the kingdom. And see, that's why it's just not okay to be a spectator in the body of Christ. It's not not okay. Because you were made for way more than that, right? And frankly, the rest of the body, we need you to play your part. And I'm talking about the universal body of Christ. We need you at Cornerstone to play your part in the body of Christ because your part is really important. Every part of the body of Christ is tremendously important, equally important because, remember, we're interconnected. We need one another. And so Paul says it this way in verses 21 and 22 of 1 Corinthians. Verse 21, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So like you, you might not have um, upfront types of gifts, right? You, you may never be standing next to Brian like sharing the microphone, like you know, singing, leading in worship, right? You may never be like preaching or teaching. You're, you're, that might not be your gift, but let me, the, the, the upfront people would be absolutely nowhere if it wasn't for great sound people and technical people and video people and children church workers and nursery workers. And, and when the upfront people begin to think that they're too sexy for their shirt, right, then we've lo- completely lost perspective because... We are just the tip of the iceberg, man, and, and every part of the body of Christ is equally important, you know, and, and, and you guys, you, you need parking lot attendants and greeters and nursery workers and bathroom cleaners and, uh, like, all, your, your, your role in the body of Christ that God has fitted you for might be more of a behind-the-scenes role, but it doesn't mean that it's any less important. Every part of the body of Christ is equally important. Feet, for instance, right? Like feet. He says, he says like, like, like feet, they're not, a really, they're not a really attractive part of the body. Maybe, I know some people have a thing for feet, and maybe if you struggle with that addiction, I can totally help you just come up and you look at my feet, you're like, good Lord, he has monkey feet. I do, I have monkey feet. And, and so, so, but like feet are 
my feet are ugly, right? And, and now, but the head, man, the head gets all the attention, right? Like, like, especially, by the way, if you're in a first century church and you're wearing sandals on a dusty road, feet are ugly, right? And, 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 but the head, man, you don't go out of, you did not come here this morning without fixing your head, right? I mean, you looked in the mirror and you're like, I gotta do something with my head. You know, you start combing your hair and brushing your teeth and washing up and maybe put a little makeup on, but you fixed your head before you got it. Feet, you probably just covered them up. Like, I don't even wanna see them. Right, you just covered them, and 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 and, and see, see, but but you know what? The head never got out the door unless the feet said so, right? <laughs> and that's the way it is in the body of. Christ. You see, here, here's the point. The point is this. Whatever your role is, whatever God has fitted you for in the body of Christ is an incredibly important role. God's fitted you for it. And so there's just like one overly obvious application to this whole thing, right? And that is you got to play your part. You got to play your part. It says in 1 Corinthians, again, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The apostle writes this. Now to each one, verse seven, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? Here it is. For the common good. You, you, you get it, right? Like, like God is building this body of Christ and, and he's added you and he's you and you and every one of us and he's fitted you with a gift and he's brought you in and he's shaped you and arranged the parts of the body just as he wants. Why would he do that? Because he, he's added you not just for your personal benefit so that people can look at you and go, dude, you are so spiritual. No, he's added, he's given you this gift so that for the common good, for the collective benefit of us all, of the entire body. And that's why these next two statistics are somewhat alarming, right? I mean, like, like do you know that in the average church, about 20% of the people are actually using their God-given giftedness to serve. On a cornerstone's a little bit better than that, and so, so you've got about 30% of the people here that are using their God-given giftedness to serve, but that, that, that still means that 70% of you aren't. That means that this place is running on 30% effectiveness. I mean, imagine if, you're, imagine if 70% of your body shut down right now. It'd be a mess, right? Here's another statistic, and, and I understand that 39.5% of statistics are made up right on the spot, but these are true, okay? Like 89% of, the, of, 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 of adult Christians in America, they have absolutely no idea what their spiritual gift is. No, no idea. And imagine, like, imagine if we carry that over to the secular workplace. Like imagine if you went into your workplace tomorrow and 89% and of the people had absolutely no idea what they were supposed to do. They're just kind of like walking around, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. Like, like that would be a chaos, right? And the leaders here want to change that statistic for Cornerstone and, and make this church different. And, and so they want to help you discover your spiritual gifts. And so actually, would you go ahead and, and open up your weekly? And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, right on, I got it. So open up your weekly, and, uh, and in there, there's like a thousand cards, but one of them says, discovering your gift, okay? And here's what the leaders want to do. The leaders want to help you discover your part in the body of Christ, how God has uniquely fitted you. And so they've got this class, and, and it's, it's, it's listed on the back there, and it says space is limited. Here's what you ought to do. You ought to like totally flood the class, and so they have to open up more, and, and, and like if they don't let you in, just like pick it and get angry, and Lynn will love that. And so, you know, but no, no, no. Like, go to this class, right? There should be four, if the number's are right, there should be about 3,000 of you in this class, right? Discovering your spiritual gift, okay? Go to the class. Find, and then it's more than, right? It's more than just discovering it. The key is you got to use it, right? Because God has given you this gift for the 
common good. For the common good, for the collective, we've got to use the gift. So Jesus, he, uh, he, um, he tells this uh, he tells this parable one time, right? And it's this, it's this parable. By the way, Brian, you want to come on up here and just kind of bring some of the band members up here? If that's okay with you, come on up. And, and um, as they're coming up, just pay no attention to them. And, 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 but, but here's the thing, right? Like, like um, yeah, Jesus tells this parable about how, uh, like, 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 like how we're supposed to use our giftedness, right? And he talks about this master and these two servants. And, he, and, he, and this master, he leaves this, um, hey, Brian, how you doing? Good. And so this master, he, he, he leaves some talent or treasure with these two servants, okay? And then he says, I'm coming back, and I want to make sure that you've managed it well. And so he comes back, and the, the one servant's like, I, 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 multi- I used this talent, I multiplied it, and he gives it back to the master with an increase, and, 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 and the master's like, well done, good and faithful servant. How would you like to hear those words from God, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. You used your talents well, your gifts well. But then he goes to the other guy, and the other guy did nothing with the gifts and talents that God had given him. And the master looks at that servant and says, get away from me, you wicked, lazy servant. And I like how, um, how, how the Hawaiian pigeon New Testament, there's actually a Hawaiian pigeon translation of the New Testament. It's called the Jesus Book. Really, seriously. And, and, and I like how they, uh, yeah, you got to get it. And, and I like how, they, I like how they, they, they quote the master's words to that second servant. Brian, maybe you can just read that here. Verse 26 in, in the Jesus book. <laughs> wow. Din debase, owie. You one real poho worker. You one lazy bugger. <laughs> you want lazy bugger. <laughs> yeah, you want lazy. See, here's the thing, right? Like, like God goes to all this work to add you right there to the body of Christ, and you, and you, and you, and He's brought you in, and, and you know, He didn't just like do it randomly, but He's gifted you. He's like, I want you to play a part in this beautiful thing called the body of Christ, and I'm bringing you in, and I'm arranging all the parts just as I want, and I've got you here for a reason, and I didn't make any lazy buggers. Right? He doesn't want you to be a lazy bugger, you know? And, 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 and you know, I tell you what, let me close with this, right? right? Cornerstone, man, you guys are an awesome church. You guys are. I, I speak as a, a pastor of another church in the area here. I want to tell you that the other churches in the area here, man, we, we look at Cornerstone. And, 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 and in many ways, there's, there's following, like, that worked at Cornerstone. Maybe, maybe we can do something like that. And, and churches, you have an influence. You are a powerful, influential church in the Phoenix area. God has gifted you. That's, that's, a, that's a privilege. God has given you that privilege. But I would say this, you're only beginning to scratch the surface of who you could be in Christ and what this church, the impact this church could have on the kingdom of God globally. I mean, look around. All this that's happening on 30% effectiveness. Could you imagine what would happen if every single one of you said, that's right, I'm part of this thing, and every single one of you played your part in the body of Christ? You would immediately triple your effectiveness, and, and it's actually exponential as you all start working together in this body. The effectiveness of, I tell you what, this church would be absolutely rocked. And, and the impact would be felt all throughout Chandler, and, there, and your presence would be felt even more and more in the greater Phoenix area, and other churches would begin to see what a fully functioning church is supposed to look like, and maybe a movement would start among churches. 
And there would be a ripple effect in the kingdom and there would be people on the opposite side of the globe that would be affected and rejoice. You have that, you have, you're in that position of influence. God has given you that privilege. But, but, but you know what? You're never gonna realize your full potential as a church if, if you think that it's only gonna happen by hiring the best staff to do it for you. The only way this church is gonna reach its full potential, the fullness of what Christ wants this church to be, is if each, there's that word again, right? Each and every one of you rise to the challenge and play your part in this beautiful thing God is building called the body of Christ. And so I just wanna um, pray here, and as I'm praying, would you just dream with me about what might happen in this place and what might happen in this city and what might happen in this state, what might happen in this world if each one of you would respond to God's gifting in your life. Would you, would you pray with me? Father, we, we thank you that uh, this beautiful body is not just some random happening, Lord, but God, you are the architect of it. And, and, and as you're building, God, you're, you're gifting us. And good Lord, I, I don't know why you chose me or anybody here, but you did. And, and it's crazy to think, Lord, that of the six billion people on this planet that you've actually got a role for me to play, a specific role that you've, you've gifted me for and, and every single person here. And God, I just, I pray that you would wake us up to that fact, renew our mind with your spirit and with your truth. And Lord, would you, would you give us a dream of what this place could look like when everybody begins to play their part and this beautiful thing begins to take shape and what the body of Christ here could look like and be in Chandler and the East Valley and Africa, Fiji. God, would you, would you give us a dream that burns so heavily? Would you give the people of this church to God just this, this dream that burns, burns within them? That God, I, I, I want to see Christ magnified in the world. I want to be a part of that. And God, I pray that every single person here would rise to the challenge, play their part in the body of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name and all in agreement said, amen. amen. Thanks, everybody.